You're listening to the Sleuth Podcast. Real private investigators here to help you find the truth when you need to know. Sharing sometimes shocking, sometimes heartwarming, and sometimes hilarious stories from the field. They keep it real. Interviews with experts bring you insights on how people leverage PIs in their lives and in their businesses. Licensed by the Department of Public Safety, here's your hosts, Jamie and Lindsay. You're listening to The Sleuth. (laughs) I am Lindsay. This is Jamie. Oh, and we are private investigators here to tell you the truth when you really need to know. Episode Episode five. five. Oh, time flies. We've been doing great. I am absolutely in love with our podcast. And on on top of that, it kind of gives me... A headache. You know what one of our problems is? We we talk for hours before we hit the little red button and start recording. (laughs) Do y'all really want to hear what we're talking about at 2 o'clock? Do I have to talk about that? No. No. Yes, we do. How was your day? Oh, so (laughs) if I don't say anything, I'm going to hate myself. I'm going to hate myself for saying it, but Jamie wants to know what's going on in my life right now. Because I care. (sighs) Yeah, that's my care. thing. Everybody, and I yeah. haven't talked. Let's let's talk about the fact that I really haven't talked to Lindsay all week. That was weird. I get freaked you've out. Been, <laughs> yeah, you've been busy and like you rarely she answer my me? phone. And no, I'm not mad. It's like I try to answer the phone. The my child has my on. phone most of the time. Take the phone. Tell her you can't use it. I do. I say you can't use mommy's Tell phone. Tell her Miss Jamie. I'm watching your phone now. No, Miss Jamie is on the phone and she needs you to watch her I tablet. Do. She did. She did good today. She told me when you called. Oh man, I'm planning a friend's bachelorette party right now, uh-huh. and of course, of course, that it's has plenty of drama to go along with it. All the bridesmaids can't get their lives together in sequence. Some of them are so helpful and so willing to get in, get on board, and budget. Is there a difference between a bachelorette and a bride? Oh, Lord shower? Jesus. Yes, now we know. <laughs> now we know. Since I've so never been this, married, this, I don't know. Well, Help I just me. got married in April, so I'm newly through this. And uh, the bride right now is was one of the bridesmaids in my wedding. And she's been one of my best friends since we were in the seventh grade. Not like I haven't known you long at all. So I, <laughs> I love her. I love her family. Her brother is one of the bridesmaids. He's amazing. And, you or know, is he a groomsman? No, he's a bridesmaid. Well, I don't know what you call that, but he's on he's on her side of the wedding party. He could still be a groomsman. No, he's not on the groom side. He's on the bride side. But I the brides and grooms get brides groom. Brides. We're argue again, man. I got a lot of feedback about I don't, this whole madam situation. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. I knew it. I was, was I right? No. Wrong. Oh, You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> not what I expected, but okay. So, uh, so that's my drama is dealing with my friend's stuff and trying to make sure that she has this beautiful experience that is her bachelorette party. And my friend has been dreaming of her bachelorette party for pretty much ever. And now that we're finally at this point in her life, I get to give her this awesome, raunchy, fabulous, treat yourself themed, amazing, ritzy event. Full of dicks. uh, There's going to be so many dicks. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing it all, the whole thing. And then she has this one bridesmaid who I have not met. I'm going to meet her tomorrow. Lord Jesus, I'm so glad I get to meet you before this podcast comes out. In case you happen to listen, I'm not trying to be a hater, but she has made shit very complicated. She took it upon herself to plan a bridal shower on her own. 
without the help of the bride's family, friends, acquaintances, <laughs> doesn't matter. We She's just got an invitation in the mail one day, a really nice, like very brides. Yes. Lady. Very expensive cardstock, you know, oh. foil printed rose oh, gold, fancy. gorgeous fancy envelope, you know, specialized stamp. I'm pretty sure I'm going to show up tomorrow and it's going to be a freaking elbow length gloved tea party Pinterest style. gloves. What glove? Like for collecting evidence, <laughs> that's the kind of gloves that I wear. <laughs> Trash pull gloves. Is that what I'm wearing to your tea party tomorrow? I don't know. So, <laughs> so, so I'm going out to this thing tomorrow that yeah, this bridesmaid told me today that she cannot contribute financially to the bachelorette party and that she doesn't feel that she should have to because she solely planned and solely funded this $600. Specifically, she told me it was $600. Bridal shower. Mm. Bitch, when I show up tomorrow, I hope your house is decorated head to toe. You better be giving my friend everything she deserves. Like, I better see orchids on each. Yes. Corner. Yes. <laughs> and I hope everything is lacy and beautiful and solid white and gorgeous and pure because that's what my friend deserves. But what she wants, though, is neon lights and dicks and stilettos and that's what she's getting from the party i'm planning for her with her other family with her other friends so i'm a little irritated and that's what Am i'm I dealing invited? with right now i would love for you to go Can I but invited? look it's 150 dollars a person like oh well, i don't have see? to eat or drink yes you do that's the thing so that's the thing I provide no my own we are doing we're doing everything that's you. the fun stuff and you know what as your job as the bridesmaid is really like you just need to answer the phone, show up, look pretty, and plan the best bachelorette party that your friend could imagine in their whole life. Your job is not to plan on your own the bridal shower. That's where I'm at right now. So I, I emailed the girl today. I've tried to call her and she won't answer the phone. I've never met her. I know you know my friend. I know you guys are friends and all, but sounds like she's new. She's new. She's a new bitch. How new? She's her neighbor. She's her neighbor. They've known each other like a few months. I'm like, that's cool. Total bridesmaid movie you scenario. Really you don't really know her. You don't know that she wants all the dicks. <laughs> Are they going to be brown dicks or pink dicks? All, yes. <laughs> you should have seen mine. So this this same friend, the bride, is the one who did stop. my bachelorette party. stop. <laughs> it was so good. It was like an award winning. I cried so many times. They filmed me the entire time. The bar has been set high. Said, Wait a minute. Hi. My friend, the bride in this situation, planned it okay. um, at her mother's house, which is gorgeous. Beautiful home and gardener. And she, gardener? Garner. Okay. North Carolina. I didn't so, know if she was playing. So I stepped in there. the door. Everything was a surprise. They wouldn't even tell me what to wear, what we were going. And I tried to pry. So what kind of, I thought they were taking me to an alpaca farm. Nope. I get there. They stripped me. They blindfolded me. They stripped me down to my underwear and they dressed me in a Princess Belle outfit and they took the blindfold off and all the girls were dressed like Disney princesses. <laughs> then we went to a gay bar. We played pin the hunk on the junk. We made things out of Play-Doh. I mean, there was there was so much raunchy, hilarious fun. It was amazing. Aww. And so now I have to I give my friend. We I didn't know you. Then. Yeah, no, I didn't know you but well you, enough. You knew me. But you didn't know I was this fun. No, I didn't. So now you know. That's the drama in my life. No, we're talking about my day. So I have to get a shout out. So my shout out is to attorney Robert Brown. Robert Brown is awesome. Woo-woo. Bob. Excuse me. His name's he doesn't, Bob. He does oh. not like me to call him Robert. What was really awesome about today is we are actually working on a criminal case. And he's a criminal defense attorney. Um, Bryant and Brown Law Firm. I mean, he's excellent. 
He does a great job. But we um, are working with a guy who he would love to plead be innocent, but might be mm. guilty. I don't know. But anyways, we had to go and find a witness to the incident, and we just used our lovely PI skills to kind of locate this woman. We just kind of popped up on her today, and he and I went and interviewed her. And Is this what you were doing during our uh, phone conference? I was totally <laughs> <laughs> we had a company-wide phone conference today, and you're all looking at Did your you laptops. First, like 30 minutes prior, you could hear Jamie in the background, can I use your ladies' room? <laughs> 30 minutes go by, and Jamie's like, I got to step out. Jamie, no, wait. Jamie gets off phone, and Tanya's on the other line, and she's like, I think she's doing surveillance. And we're like, oh, all right, yeah, okay, bye. We were having a whole <laughs> interview with the whole criminal. Was, uh, you know. How do you do so many things at one time? <laughs> the Lord. You're in a conference with like nine people, also doing an interview, also recording the whole thing during surveillance. And let me tell you how awesome he is because he just lets me do all of this, even though I'm yes, even though I'm supposed to be working with him. Oh, so shout out to Mr. Brown for like letting go, Mr. Brown, letting me be me. I appreciate it (laughs) because (laughs) you know sometimes it works out like that. Like we had things to do today, we just had to make it happen. And what I have learned from Allison is everything usually happens when you don't have time for it, right? So we just kind of have to roll with the punches, tuck and roll. You also have an awesome team of people that are here too. I do have an awesome team. We can't all be available all the time. We just had to lean on each other and get it done. Oh, Instagram. Yes, our Instagram is up and running. Jamie did that. I didn't do that. <laughs> that was a little passive aggressive. Jamie but made the Instagram. It's great. Just, it is great. It's cute. It has But the thing with thing Instagram is you we had we had no followers, nothing. How many do we have? It's been two or three days. Okay. Twenty two? We, we have twenty two followers. That's good. That's ten a day. Hey. Woo-hoo. We got like we're doing ev- the- everything's organic. Nothing's paid right now, so so here's the new thing. So if you're on Instagram, which most people are, or if you're on the Facebook. Oh, yes, Joe. Oh, hey. Joe just started following us. Like, <laughs> literally. They're both on their phones three. right now. It still Thanks, says now. Well, I wasn't on the phone. It just popped up no, on I, my thing. I didn't thing. get one. No, because you're just... not logged. <laughs> so what we're looking for is our 100th follower. They will get a t-shirt, a sleuth t-shirt. Sleuth I mean, shirts are out. Shout out to Big Frog. Ribbit, ribbit. <laughs> I don't know if that's what they say over there, but Big Frog is this really awesome franchise. So. There's one of them in North Raleigh, and that's where we got our shirts from. They were so cool about it because, of course, I call not scatterbrained, but I probably sounded that way. And I was like, look, I don't know. I don't want a fancy shirt. I just want a black shirt, which apparently is a big deal. Is a big deal. Who would have thought? So our logo is a black logo. Right. So we wanted a black shirt. It matches that, the show. That art. was our, our vision. Right. So we had a vision, and the cool thing about Big Frog is we could just call them and be like, here's what we're looking at. This is what we want. And look, we didn't even see a proof. They were just like, got it, done. And we got shirts. And we're, whoa, cool. So Lindsay sends me over there to pick up the shirts. What was it like inside? I didn't even. It's a t shirt shop. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was beautiful. Was it like? <laughs> they had different kinds of t shirts. Nice guys. They do um, cool stuff, though. Their social media, sometimes they have, like, T-shirt contests. Oh. Yeah. Are we on one? No, I would love to be, though, because I love to design things like that. Make them fix it so that we're on one. Hey, Big Frog. We- <laughs> I told them to listen to us, so they should be listening. I can did, you too. Hear I us? sent them a long email today. <laughs> Big hey, Frog, Kyle. can you hear us? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're listening. They supplied us these cool shirts. I've worn it four times since I we got, got it last today. week. 
Yes, she just got hers. My Never kids been wearing one. Take it off. If you see the purple headphones with the thumbprint, that's us. That's us. Hi, the sleuth. So we're gonna give away a free shirt to the one hundredth listener. I'm telling you, I'm gonna be like on ten. If, if 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 we get a hundred, if we get a hundred followers within the next couple of weeks. This shirt just might show up at your house, and you don't know if how it, that happened. Whoop, because we're PIs. <laughs> we're just gonna, right, we're just going to stand outside, and when you wake up and go to work in the morning, here's There'll Jamie and Lindsay in your driveway. You guys should elaborately stage like you're serving them. Like, right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You've been serving served. You just hand them a t-shirt and walk oh, away. So anybody, anybody in the next <laughs> uh, so 10, 15 days, if you are expecting that a subpoena might come, you really need to answer the door. This, we just figured it out. You remember on, what was that, like the second episode where I was like, how do you get people to come to the door? There are free t-shirts out there for your favorite podcast. And if you see one of us at your door and you're expecting a subpoena, you really need to answer the door because you get a subpoena and you get a shirt. They're pre-shrunk. <laughs> that means the world. <laughs> so the Instagram handle is the sleuth underscore BDS. All right, so let's jump into uh, Stumptown. Stumptown. So as usual, I finished I love Stumptown's Stumptown. episode within 60 seconds of what? having to leave to meet with you today. Really? Yep. I watched it last night as I fell asleep, and then I woke up this morning, and I watched it again, and I totally <laughs> fell in love with the show all over. How did that happen? I loved it. I thought it was really nice. It wasn't a very, a like, Hollywood, you know, this one seemed a little bit, it was a very... <laughs> 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 we just crashed and burned but <laughs> bang smash and now we cut to our workers comp commercial <laughs> need to know if the claim is legitimate get professional documentation from experts who understand workers compensation a pi can covertly document your claimants activities and provide necessary video evidence research or recorded statements so that you can conclude if the claim is valid Get to the bottom of it with Blackman Detective Services. So backing up, Stumptown! Stumptown! I thought this was a super relatable episode. It didn't seem to have any of those like offensive, overly Hollywood moments. You didn't uh, think so? Uh, I thought the whole episode was Hollywood. Let me tell you why. The way the whole case is going down. Like, that shit would never It's like happen. everything tied into one. It's all this drama tied into a case. Yeah, but like, how do you get hired for a custody case... And all of a sudden, it turns out into a full criminal case, and then turns out to a trafficking drug crime. Yeah, they <laughs> literally they case. tied together every character in the series has a part in this episode and in this case. And my boo was being excellent by the by the. He way. was, you know what they they did a good job. I really noticed his eyes this time. You're always talking about Michael Ely's <sighs> eyes, and they're kind of blue. What 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 movie do I need to show you where he is amazing? I don't Oh, he's just beautiful. He's a pretty person. The episode starts off where Dex is destroying Artie's Mustang. Which is cool because the episode before, it started out where she's sliding across the hood and she pictures this cool, like, Fuck brown. that Mustang. I'm just glad that she was tearing up his car. Does that happen a lot? Do you guys see a lot of cases where scorned women damage personal no, property? I've never seen never. that. Never. They're usually... Because I feel like that's in every episode of every action movie. It is because that's that's because what people life, want to do. do. Exactly. That's the emotional I, I would do side. That. I feel like Carrie Underwood Carrie gave Underwood, specific exactly directions on how to do it. She's yeah. like, Sullivan I jam saying. my key into the side. Yeah, yeah. 
don't remember the words. But yes, it's about I bust the windows out your car. But anyways, can that be our like our show song? <sighs> We're so distracted. <laughs> <laughs> it's our show. We can do what we want. But she, no, I've never seen anybody anything like that. Nothing like the the whole revenge thing. Kind of like our case, spoiled and ungrateful. Every right. everybody kind of we expect it and we want not we as in the PIs, but as the public, people want to see. They want to see the emotion behind everything, right? And the, the reason dis- the, the destruction, right? The reason we watch cheaters mm-hmm. is simply for the confrontation. Mm-hmm. They're gonna pull up with the person in the car, blah blah blah. Unfortunately, we don't get the thrill of that it's definitely and not honestly, like I that because it's dangerous i mean we no. all know yes yeah the no, cheaters I mean, guy dangerous the cheaters guy got stabbed oh, in, in a boat Lord. in the middle of the lake when i'm sure they had like <gasps> yeah oh yeah i mean it's not someplace when you're dealing with people in high emotions i need to read which is about the, that right which is the reason why i did not want our client to pop into that house that we were at yeah because it was yeah. not a safe place so you kind of have to Realize you know what's funny? I didn't even tell you about this. What? The other day. So we're we're kind of doing a rebrand and a redesign of all of our marketing stuff. And so, therefore, one of my jobs is to look at all the other PIs. And what do, what does your website look like? What does your social media look like? So I found one of these PIs. I'm not going to say who it is. Don't say. No, I'm not going to say. And uh, we're not sleuth shaming. But uh, their <laughs> business page, they had kind of this little snippet on there for clients to read. And it said specifically for the client that, the law does not allow the PI to interfere or to be mm-hmm. there during a confrontation. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, as somebody no. who's looking for something to put or not put or talk about or not talk about, nobody has ever spoken up to that fact. Well, think about that case that you worked with the drugs in that country, County. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly yeah, where you were. Favorite ones. But they, they, they did not want you involved. Think about that. So I was wanted, anonymous. Right. They want you. They mm-hmm. basically wanted you to be an anonymous tip. They wanted to get the information. If you on guys are own. listening, I still love you guys. They're so nice. One of my favorite clients ever. They still every time they call, they're like, "Can you tell Lindsay we said hey? Hey, so girl. Nice. Hey. But let's talk about this part. They did not want Lindsay to be there to point out what was happening. They wanted right. her evidence. They wanted the video that she had taken. They wanted her notes. They wanted to know what she felt, you know, but they didn't want her to say anything. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, was not honestly. there to interfere and to stop what was happening from happening. Right. What was going to, and it's not that these were things that the client wanted to happen. This was like the client's worst case scenario. They specifically hired us to document the worst case scenario should it happen. Right. And, you know, we're not to interfere in that. And, but that was, honestly, that was the first case where I have ever testified in court. Oh, did you get to testify on that? hmm Yes. I know. How did that go? Oh. Were you a nerve? Did you have sweaty pits? Oh, my God. So, scenario pits. rundown. This case. Quickly, because we're still talking about self-down. We all, this we case, struggle. We, we didn't even plan to talk about this. Like, I hadn't thought about this in forever. I was in, I had just finished serving a subpoena way out in BFE, and I get a phone call from Jamie. I'm on my way. What's just BFE? Google it. Jesus. What's BFE? Far away. Bumfuck Egypt. Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> I was far away. Where is And I was Riley? I had finished what I was doing. I had been on the road for hours. I was within a 10-minute window of not being there in time. 
And it, I was en route constantly from the time I got the phone call to the time I actually got there. I felt and really it, bad. That was that was their attorney, though. He was great because everything worked out in their favor. But but sometimes it happens. I mean, yep. private investigators. You just got to go. We, yes. You just have to go when your client needs Luckily, you. Luckily, I was already going somewhere. So I was just like, just keep going past where I was going to go. And I got there and it was pretty emotional. I wasn't prepared for it. So I hadn't like mentally walked myself through it before I got in. But you know, it, this was one of those cool cases where the client was the good guy. You know, everything that they wanted was righteous and fair and good. And uh, the court was in favor. Luckily, all the all the work that we did, and it wasn't just me. You know, we had done some research. We had worked with some sheriff's departments and the, the client got custody of her child and the defendant, they lost custody. Right. Rightfully kind so. Of like, kind of like Stumptown. Kind of like Stumptown. Yeah, see, it does tie in. It does tie in. Very good. Yeah. God. Look what we did. So anyways, Stumptown starts off. She's breaking Artie's, uh, busting all the lights out the car. And like four things kind of happen throughout this beginning of the episode. So what I, I, what I like about this episode is we kind of are updated on each situation. So we have a situation with Artie and Dex. We have the situation with Taffer, who is the money-holding gentleman who is trying to use the reservation to basically smuggle drugs, which we find out a little bit later in the episode. Also, the person trying to reclaim custody of the child of the... Of our client. Of, yeah. of Dex's client, sorry. Of yeah. Become... I'm working with Dex. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the situation of Hoffman and Gray. Yep. So I'm lo- I'm loving all of these things and I didn't quite know which one to pick because they're all, they're all kind of cool. It's one of those in-depth episodes where you kind of get a little bit of every single character. They're on a manhunt for Kane mm-hmm. who has just escaped from prison. Right. Kane has been behind uh, Hoffman's confidential informant who was killed mm-hmm. by Kane. Uh, Kane is behind the money that is owed from Gray. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of creates a... And the man with the gold tooth that died. Yes. And he is also probably... We <laughs> responsible for that death. We don't responsible know. Responsible for his death. Right. And then I felt for my boo. Because oh, yeah. the wife and mother of the child of the confidential informant has been seen going to visit Kane, who is the criminal that just got out of jail. She's been videotaped yeah. speaking to him about what? Who knows? And so she's basically telling Hoffman, like, he came to me at my job. Somebody told me to go and meet him. I went and met him. In prison. In prison. Talk to him on the phone through the glass and all that. Talk to him on the phone. Meanwhile, she's, she's been like, victimized by this inmate. You know, this inmate is the one who's responsible for her husband's death. And, right, and she, she went. She right, it's like, why, why did you go talk to this man? Why didn't you come to me? I could have helped you. And she's like, oh, like you helped my husband? Who's now dead? And poor Hoffman. Like, oh. we we see what happened, right? So he go. they had a meeting in the car he prior died. to, obviously, him dying in this whole drug situation. That was with a very Kane. intense scene. I, I really loved it. Because I did too. the guy was telling him like today isn't really not the day. Today is really not the day. We they, shouldn't I do think this they today. did a great I'm job scared. though of really portraying his pressure as a police officer to 
to get this informant to act as the informant, even though you can tell that he is a, a human felt very, you know, was listening to the informant when the informant is telling him, I don't feel comfortable with something's up. Basically, all of his hair was raised. He had, you know, this gut feeling that he could not act as the informant right then. Something was wrong. He was in danger. Well, he knew and, he had been, he knew he had been spotted. Right. Obviously, the man got killed that day. As soon as it, the, the scene made it seem as though as soon as the informant got out of the car with Hoffman, a trigger was pulled and then he was shot and killed. But I feel like he tried. I don't feel like they... Well, that's why Hoffman feels guilty because he pushed his informant to do something that ultimately resulted in his murder. Right. So in the background, Dex is trying to work the case of her client, who's this woman whose child is going to be taken away by Tapper if they don't figure anything out. And halfway through the episode, um, she has to turn the baby over to... Uh, I teared up a little bit. Tears Did you? I knew it <laughs> wasn't over. My child is too. I knew it wasn't over. It's not over. Well, no, of course it's not over. But that that's the thing. Like, as a mom, when your child is that small where you can hold him, I couldn't imagine what it feels like to hold him and then, like, hold him out and be like, here's my baby, take it. You know? I wouldn't. Oh, no. I'm, I'm old crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would have never got my kid. I just went to jail. That's fine. You're going to take me and the baby to jail because I'm not going to hand him over. I would have never shown I wouldn't have been meeting. scared of that man, first of all, and you would not have impregnated me. Let me just put that out there. Screw that guy. <laughs> we wouldn't have been in that situation. Nope. So Artie comes to Dex's house and he knocks on the door and he comes with this pitiful sob story. He finally he's is like, feeling remorse. He's like, oh, 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 Dex, I'm really this heartful guy. My kid was really sick when they were born and I stole the $30,000 from the police to go through this surgery and my kid didn't make it and the kid died and she was like yeah you're talking to somebody who doesn't care about she you. had a hard time but she ultimately she believed him at the end of the episode did she mm -hmm. i want to say that dex is a teeny tiny bit smarter than that i just hate him i know maybe me personally because don't lie because you didn't have to do all that so it no. kinda, it's yeah. really hard to trust somebody when you lied for no reason <laughs> there was no reason to lie that's his thing, though, is his character is very interesting. He's always lying, and then he's always lying about feeling remorseful, right. and he's always lying about telling the truth post-lie. Right. You know, like, you almost can't keep up with his level just, of psycho. I agree with Dex. You just assume that he's lying and just move on about yeah. your life. So, in, what was it, the first or second episode, uh, Dex was looking for somebody and she went and interviewed people in the community, essentially, and that's kind of true. One of them was the runner of this taco truck. And this is the guy who told her to work, what club to go to. That's right, yeah. Right, when she was yep. looking for the for So the girl. she calls upon him again, basically because her goal now is to break into uh, this office building and sort through files, and she needs somebody to retrieve, of course, a basic manila file. So she gets Tukey to do it. Tukey shows up at the Bad Alibi Bar. He thinks that he's going to go play a part and mingle with business people. So he shows up in a suit and she's like, what are you? Like, where are you going? Where are you going? You, you need to put on this janitor outfit. And he's he's like, like a janitor? Yeah. He, that's <laughs> not what he was expecting at to all. To play a, a janitor? And she was like, yeah, well, can you just please put this on and play the role of a janitor who might one day own the whole building? And he's like, I guess. Yeah, I guess I could, I could do, that. do that. 
He did really good. So so he is this big, like, overweight man. He's very awkward. He gets out awkward? of breath. Yeah. Well, he, he's a taco truck man. He's, he's a taco eating. He looks like a taco truck man. They did great with him. So <laughs> he puts on the janitor outfit, and he's mopping the floor. And he's, he is somehow, we don't know how, he got into this office building where he's tasked with recovering some type of manila file. And so he gets access to this little office by sticking his mop in the door when somebody else leaves. And he gets in there. I want to do these. I'm I'm being inspired. If I get a a charge for assault or trespassing, (laughs) please know that I was working a case. And hopefully the judge will let me off. Okay, go ahead. So... (laughs) That could happen. I want to do it. I know. I want to bust in somebody's I, office. I want to mm-hmm. wear my heels. I want to play the game. I would wear I the janitor act. outfit. I love that shit. So he finds this file, which is supposedly full of the crucial information required required to crack the case. There's like six sheets of paper in this file. No. It, yeah. It was Come tiny. On, Go look Lindsay. at it. It was tiny because I specifically remember it watching it today, like an hour ago, and being like, there should be more in that file. Who knows? Maybe it was small print, double-sided. I have no idea. <laughs> so it was not the thick, fat file that I expected. So he he grabs this file. Because he came out the door and the guy was like, hey, you, what are you doing? There's, of course, a sheriff walking the hallway. <laughs> Which is Hollywood. Right. And the sheriff's like, hey, hey, buddy. Hey, and come he here, buddy. Off. So he takes off. He runs up like but he's one, one, 1.25 flights of stairs. And, <laughs> and he's like... <sighs> And he realizes he is out of breath and out of shape. He's not going to outrun the sheriff. So he just kind of, you know, turns around at the right moment. And he's like, oh, dang it. And he just knocks the sheriff out. Yeah. No so big deal. <laughs> sheriff's asleep on the floor. And the, the chunky taco truck janitor file holding guy is running down the hallway. Again, still slow, still sweaty, still out of breath. Which well, I no, feel like well, that's like a giant Hollywood file you see all the time. Like we've all seen people get yeah. punched in real life. How many of them pass out? Immediately. None of them. None of them. But in every Hollywood movie, it's like... Well, again, I was thinking, where (laughs) exactly do I need to hit this man (laughs) so that I I can exactly knock him out so he can be lying on the floor? All I need you to be is down for like 20 minutes. So anyways, Taco Truck Man comes running through the hall, and as he thinks that he's gotten away with it, Artie is at the end, and he's like, look, you can go to to jail for Dex's suicide mission, or you can hand over the files. So he's Mm -hmm. like, take the files. So he takes the files, but then he goes back to Dex and he's like, he got the originals, but yet I have the duplicate. So Mm -hmm. she gets the duplicate files. She's going through them, her and Gray, and they can't figure it out. They talk about some $7.4 million in concrete or something like that. And and I love it because he's like, that's way too expensive. Dex has no idea how much right. things actually cost. Right? She's just that's like, a lot of money. That's a lot. She's I like, don't even know. She's what like, you, like, I'm How broke, much concrete so. can one buy for $7.4 million? You should be able to concrete the whole world for right? $7.4 <laughs> million. So these files supposedly are like the financial records for a school Saint that Anne's. is being built on a reservation, of Which course, managed by, by Sue Lynn. So here we are tying in all the characters again. My girl. But being funded by the bad guy. Tapper. Tapper. So this is when he comes to the house and cries about the yeah. fact that he really yeah. had a situation that happened. And because and he's ready this to happened to make him, it right. he didn't ever want to do right by anybody. But now because it's Dex and because he's been caught and she called him out and she's not fucking with him anymore. She's kind of like, you know, 
either you're going to do right or, you you know, like, what are you going to do about it? this is how you're going to do it. We're going to get the child back. Yeah, all this whining and crying about what happened to you in the past, like, all of that shit doesn't matter anymore. Like, if you're going to fix it and you're going to be a big boy and you're going to do the right thing, you're going to do the right thing right now and you're going to do it with me. Dex and Artie roll out Hollywood. To the site where the school is. Hollywood. It's nighttime. Number one. She pulls up in this raggedy car that's making all of this noise. It's he tells car. her, right, <laughs> he tells her to hit the lights. She hits the lights. They're pretty much in the, in the driveway of the school when she hits the lights. So that probably mm-hmm. would have never happened. And then they get out of their car and they sneak, sneak, sneak over to uh, like, all like these a U-Haul truck or something. Yeah, and- so she's like, so, and really, I don't know if you noticed this, but all throughout the episode, every suggestion that Dex gave is the ones that they used right so basically everything turned out the way it did because of Dex it had absolutely nothing to do with Artie he just Mm. happened to be there as a sidekick and I think that was kind of a part of the episode to make her look like even though she's not a licensed person she's still coming up with the ideas that are actually getting the information that they need to help their case right because she's the better PI exactly so they sneak up into this truck and they find these drugs and, you know, there's a fight scene in there. Artie comes up with, like, ah, and he just, like, attacks the man. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. And Why so are they, they always kinda... fighting people? Because it's TV. Yeah. Because we haven't had a fight yet. No, not a single one. <laughs> We're not fighting. No. Wouldn't so, a fight be an indicator that you're doing something wrong? As a right, PI? yeah. <laughs> like, covert is, like, the name of the you're game. You're not supposed to get caught or be seen. Nothing. You're not supposed to be seen. You're not supposed to... The people aren't supposed to know that you're there. They're not supposed to know that you're watching them. You're certainly not supposed to be apprehended by the police and go to jail for any <laughs> of this stuff. Like, who would I call? I don't have a Cosgrove. That's her name. I love her. Who? Cosgrove is the lieutenant. Oh, the police lady. I've been taking um, notes from Dex. I need to know certain people. I need yeah. a cop in my life. I need a a, a sworn in cop in my life. <laughs> I need. I need there one. is a yeah. There is a difference. Yep. <laughs> I need to know the lieutenant. I need to know somebody in like SVU. I need somebody who is gonna like let me you need to know hit people. people, and then I can just go back on the street as if nothing has ever happened and I've never been processed through the system. That would be, (laughs) that would be excellent because that's the only way that Dex gets away with this stuff. If she didn't know Cosgrove and and Hoffler didn't like her, she would not be halfway where she's at. So anyways, they go into this truck, they find the drugs, they realize that this is what's happening. And so they're like, I wonder if Sue Lynn knows about this. So on their way out from this school, they get cut off by two big black Tahoes. One of the Tahoes has (laughs) Sue Lynn in it. And she was like, oh, we were just talking about you. So then we get skipped over to the next scene where she ends up, there's a lunch happening between Sue Lynn, Tapper, and she's like, you know, I've noticed that you're basically trafficking drugs out of the school. That's why it's taking you so long to build. You're going to give me 30% of your profits, and we're not going to talk about this anymore. And he agrees. And he's, of course, because he's shady mm-hmm. and creepy. And, of course, she's not criminal. 100% bad. So they recorded that whole thing. So <laughs> basically what they got out of him was a confession that, yes, I am taking a really long time for the project that I'm funding for you to build a school on a reservation and right. I'm using it to run basically it was like a pharmaceutical like I don't know but it was a uh, Asian writing on the bottles right they were building a school so why would you even have <laughs> drugs coming 
right you know being sent to the school school's not even open whatever so deck slides up i love it and she's like oh hey you remember me and he was like yeah and she's like so you're either going to you know give the kid back to the woman mm-hmm. to my client she blackmailed him you're oh going. dang that is hollywood she it's blackmailed him into doing the right thing. And yeah. she blackmailed Sue Lin into doing the right thing. Sue Lin blackmailed the bad guy. They're just like a circle of blackmail. You're absolutely But it right. all, it was a beautiful ending. I mean, the, everybody won. The lady got her child back. And Did everybody win? Yeah. Because Tapper got to continue to smuggle his drugs through the school. Yeah, they didn't even stop him. Sue Lin still got her money from him dr- <laughs> smuggling the drugs in school. And because her whole oh. thing was. And she got a swimming pool. She and a ball field. And an athletic court. Yep. So they just blackmail, blackmail, But you know what? Blackmail. That's the world. That's we live wrong. in We live in that world. So I guess one point that we could take from uh, old Artie is, you know, you, you got, one, you got to know the right people. Two, you have to be able to extract the information that you need from those people. You benefit your client. Client didn't really care. About the drugs. She just wanted the child. She yeah. just wanted her baby. Yeah, that was like this whole extra thing. So, that was awesome. Mm, Hollywood. And Dex got her license. Dang it. She was just given the license. And you know what's funny about that? Artie is the that, one though. that handed it to her. He, it was like in an envelope or something. As a, a licensed associate and How nobody has really handed work? me an envelope yet. We don't hand you anything. That shit comes through the mail. <laughs> this guy just handed her an envelope and he was like oh here she's like don't i need my 1500 hours and he was like didn't it feel like 1500 hours yeah but in real I'd life i had mine years ago if that was true <laughs> was saying, if, it, if it felt like 1500 hours it would have been 1500 hours but right that's not the truth we know that Kane's out there. We know Gray's in trouble. We know that Hoffman has this personal interest in this whole criminal case. And he is trying to give Gray a heads up that basically, you know, Kane's out. I would be concerned. And because of this concern, Gray then tells Dex's brother, who has special needs, that, you know, not to come to the to the restaurant anymore. But Gray is basically telling him. He's trying because, to protect him. Right. Because he's been told by Hoffler, if there were people that you care about that don't know about this whole Kane thing, you need to get them out the way. Because shit's getting ready to hit the fan and you need to either be prepared or not. Was that the end of the opposite? Mm-hmm. I looked it up. You do have to have 1,500 hours in Oregon. It's not different. I said really? the name wrong. Oh. I said Oregon. I I don't know how to pronounce Oregon. it. Oregon. Either Oregon. Either way. We know where you are. Oregon. So she gets her. She gets 3,000 here, by the way, if anybody's not heard that on our other episodes. Three. I really loved it because Dex is actually becoming a private investigator. She's taking it seriously. She understands what she needs. She's been through the emotional side of everything, too. She's gotten really emotionally attached to her case and learned how to detach. And also, she's toughened and, up. Got right. And skin. I love that her brother was like, Dex, don't you help people? And yeah. she's like, Aww. yeah. So, we'll figure out next week what happens with Dex. But I'm going to be a thousand percent honest. I need this to hurry up. <laughs> I binge watch shows. So, waiting a week in between yeah, episodes. Is is, we make the rules. We could just kind of zip through it later. Whatever. Done with Stemptown. Talk about Maui. Okay, so we, we concluded spoiled and ungrateful, and we were trying to think of what's what's one of the more interesting cases that we've done. And we actually have a new case for you guys. We don't have, like, a catchy title for it or anything. Because Not yet. 
I'll come up with it by the time it's over. <laughs> It'll but be. Th- this is a tasty. real case, and this is this is a really serious case because it's ongoing. So, as usual, we're still going to change uh, everybody's name and identifying information, but an actual case that we've actually worked on in the last few years that has kind of caught Blackman Detective Services by surprise. So we've we've all decided on this and at work. kept our attention over the years. Yeah, because it's still, it's kind of like, an, it literally is an unsolved mystery. It didn't begin this way, but that's, that's where we're missing, currently at. Missing persons case. This is an actual active missing persons case. So this is kind of one of those heartbreaking things. And it's just kind of the reality of what we do as private investigators sometimes. In the beginning of this, the year is 2015. We're here in North Carolina. And a client came to Blackman Detective Services. The client was a delivery driver and warehouse worker. So they drove for a living. The client woke up at 5 a.m. every day and was ready to leave for work by 6. And every day when he got up, he would get four sodas out of this little mini fridge that he had, and they had screw caps on them, and they were Sprite bottles. So it was a clear liquid, right? And he took these four little sodas with him religiously in his vehicle every morning for work, and that was his caffeine and stuff. So the client would get to work, he would load trucks, he would take breaks and go to his vehicle and drink a soda. After an hour or two, he began to get into his truck and make deliveries, and for the next four to six hours, he would be on the road. Uh, He began to notice that after an hour or two of driving, he would get extremely sleepy. Hmm. So one morning, he noticed one of the soda bottle caps was not screwed on tightly. In fact, it had been opened, like the seal on the soda was open. Red flag. Hmm? Sorry, don't even drink it. Right. So... He noticed all of the others had also been opened and the seal was broken and the cap was put back on. So that's weird, right? This is where he calls us (laughs) because he thinks something is wrong. He suspected his wife was putting a sleeping agent into his soda and he would have, you know, hoping that he would be driving and have an accident and she would be single and she'd have lots of money and she could keep her. Who came up with that? What? Who said that? The client. He thought he thought that That's she... What, he hired us. I know, but he felt that she would want him to be dead because... She had a boyfriend. He knew about him. The husband knew of the boyfriend. So the husband hired us thinking that his wife was trying to... Well, of course she was. ...get him sleepy and have him fall asleep <sighs> at the wheel. And that would put her in a situation to keep her boyfriend and be financially stable. So here comes Blackman Detective Services. He comes to us with the bottles for testing for poison or sleeping agents, whatever. Tests were done, but nothing was found liquid in the bottles. Unfortunately, he and his wife had been arguing about who had been messing with his soda bottles. All too often, the victim lets the cat out of the bag. And this went on for a couple of months. We urged him to move out because he was fearful for his life. Uh, So let's kind of leave this until next week, but In a nutshell, a client came to us because he was fearful for his life. He thought his wife was poisoning him. And we sent the bottles off to be tested. So I wonder what in the world happened. Right. And what happened to our guy. So I guess we'll catch up on that next week. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? (sighs) Real life. Please subscribe to The Sleuth. That's how we get kind of our kudos is, you know, Um, it's one thing to download. It's another to subscribe. Please subscribe to The Sleuth. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. First hundred 
the 100 follower. Get you a sleuth shirt. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to do this like twice a week. I have too much to talk about. I know. I'm sad. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. We want to hear from you. Are you stuck in a complicated situation and you just need some advice? Email your story to askthesleuth at gmail.com and we'll read it on air. We'll give our opinion and so might our guests. We'll talk through your situation, but don't worry. We'll keep all of your information confidential. That's askthesleuth at gmail.com. Blackman Detective Services. Check out our website at blackmanpi.com and follow us on Facebook. We don't sleuth shame. Subscribe to The Sleuth on your favorite podcast app if you really want to know.